with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 12 games across the NFL, and in this episode, we're going to cover the regular weekly picks, get to Andy's total tease, and also your news of the week. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. What's going on, pal? I'm doing all right. How are you, how are you making out? I'm making out. A-okay. Last week was a weird week, and I guess it all started with that Thursday night game. You got some helmet swinging going on. That'll kick off the week in a good way. Uh, some shenanigans, to be sure. Yeah, Miles um, Garrett was I don't know what to say, mighty man. angry. Mighty, mighty angry. And now it comes out, actually, now that he's had his hearing, and they have upheld Miles Garrett's indefinite suspension. Uh, he's he said that there were racial epithets thrown at him by uh, Mason Rudolph. However, nobody else has backed this up on either side, so it's really hard to say. Yeah, I, I would find that hard to believe, although. I mean, the guy something got the guy fired up. Uh, either that or a yo mama joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not one of ours, because they weren't, they weren't that funny. No, um, <laughs> no. but he was, but, he was know, fired uh, up. But you can't be so fired up you're going to try to whack a guy with a helmet. I believe they actually no, refer never, to that I, as... I, the, I've never seen anything like that. Well, they refer to that actually as the Lyle Alzado rule. Uh, Lyle, he played uh, on the D-line back in the day for the old Raiders teams. And Alzado was well, a madman. Well, I know who Lyle Alzado is. Yeah, right. Mr. Steroid himself. Yeah. So he, he once tried to take a helmet off and hit the opponent with it. And that's why that le- that's why that rule is actually in there that you cannot use a helmet as a weapon. It's from El- Lyle Alzheimer's. Really? So do you, do you, it has happened do you before. Actually need, do you need to institute that as a rule? Like, does that not does that transcend common sense? Well, you would, like, um, yeah, you, don't you hit a think, guy with a helmet or or his helmet. You would think it would be self evident, but uh, it was not. Alas, that's uh, you got to put it in writing because uh, otherwise you're going to get Lyle Alzados and Miles Garretts just chucking helmets. Yeah, no, I, no honestly, I hadn't seen anything like it. Uh, both teams got got fined quarter mil each. Um, you know, uh, Rudolph got fined. Uh, I just as we started recording, I, I looked uh, at NFL.com and they moved uh, Pouncey's suspension from three games to two. Uh, yet he still got fined. But no, it was a weird episode to be sure. I mean, it's been discussed to death, but it was. I, I, I hope I never see anything like that again. But it's, um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's the Browns and the Steelers, right? There was also that sweet backdoor cover uh, by the Niners. They came back and the yeah. ten point spread gave gave you that backdoor push. Well, I had picked uh, the Cardinals and you had picked the Forty Nineers, and we were both yeah. right. Yeah, but, they didn't even review that last that last uh, touchdown because it didn't really matter. But I think if it had gone into review, it would called back. But regardless, uh, the casinos maybe lost a little bit of money on that one. Oh yeah, uh, I'm not going to weep too much for them. No, they've taken enough of ours. I don't know. 
yeah, there, it was uh, it was a funny it was a funny week to be sure. But you know, let's get on with this week's news of the week. Three Indiana judges have been suspended without pay for their involvement in an intoxicated fight outside of White Castle, according to court documents. An opinion from the Indiana Supreme Court ruled that three judges, Andrew Adams, Bradley B. Jacobs, and Sabrina R. Bell, engaged in judicial misconduct by participating in a brawl in the restaurant's parking lot in downtown Indianapolis. Adams, Bell, and Jacob arrived for a statewide judicial educational event on April 30th and began to drink and socialize. Around 3 a.m., the judges walked together to a strip club, but the club was closed, so they walked to a nearby White Castle restaurant. While they were standing outside in the White, White Castle parking lot, two men drove by and shouted something at the three judges out their window of their vehicle. Bell flipped off the men, and they pulled into the lot, and the five began to argue. The verbal argument then turned physical, with Jacobs bringing one of the men to the ground and Adams kicking him in the back. The fight ended when the man pulled out a gun, shooting Adams once and Jacobs twice, the document said. The men were taken to local hospitals and underwent emergency surgeries. There you have it, folks. That's Mike Pence's court picks as governor. And they may have resulted in some late night fast food assaults and a shooting, but hey, at least no one can get an abortion. There's 50 bucks for the burgers and 200 for the car. What happened to my car? I made some love stains in the back seat. Two Arkansas chemistry professors have been arrested and accused of making methamphetamine, according to Clark County Sheriff's Department. Terry David Bateman and Bradley Allen Rowland, both associate professors of chemistry at Henderson State University in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, were taken into custody Friday afternoon. They faced charges of manufacturing methamphetamine and using drug paraphernalia. Their attorneys plan to employ the rarely used sequel defense in that they truly believe that they were to be the protagonists in an Arkansas-style sequel to Breaking Bad. Its working title is reported to be named, In Brad Bad, A Sibling Love Story. Say my name. Eisenberg. You're goddamn right. Pittsburgh Steelers center Marquise Pouncey has been offered a temporary bouncing gig in the wake of his three-game suspension. Now two games. After the NFL announced Friday that Pouncey would be suspended and fined for his role in Thursday's brawl between the Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, Sandwich Chain Primari Brothers reached out to Pouncey to ask if he'd be interested in working for its location in Pittsburgh's Strip District. The job of protecting Rudolph, I mean, the Strip District Primanti Brothers, is bigger than any game, Tony Haggerty, the Strip District's Primanti manager, said in a press release according to CBS Pittsburgh. We take it seriously and we will only hire the best. Really, this is the perfect transition for Pouncey, going from protecting a crappy quarterback to protecting a crappy sandwich. Roger said he didn't want me in the script club. I was like, well, I don't think they're wrong with going to the script club. It ain't no sin to go to the script club. You know, I was just being rebellious. All right, let's fire it up. Let's get to our weekly picks.
Game number one on Sunday takes place in Atlanta, where the Falcons, who've kind of suddenly started playing football, are playing host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Atlanta Falcons, four and a half point favorites at home, and that's got to be the Jameis Winston effect, I guess, that extra one and a half points. Uh, yeah, could be. Big, big fan of the turnover, he is. <laughs> Winston, middle of the field, and intercepted! He leads the NFL um, with no, 22 he, this year, 22 giveaways. Yeah, and eight, I think 18 of those were interceptions. Yeah. Brutal, absolutely brutal. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, Atlanta, they're like Jekyll and Hyde. If you compare the first part of the season to their last two games, in which they've posted the best defensive record. Now, Tampa Bay's defense ranks 32nd in the league in points allowed per game at 31.3. Let me say that again. Tampa Bay has the worst defense in the league, worse than Miami, Washington, Cincinnati. So I think where it changed for the Falcons was uh, in their bye week, uh, Dan Quinn gave up his play calling duties, and they actually look like a legitimate NFL team. And they beat both the Saints and the Panthers. And this will be their third consecutive divisional game. Now, they're still suffering from injuries in the secondary, with three being on the IR. And Camille Ishmael is now listed as questionable for this game. I don't know about you, Maddie, but I'm not sure that Atlanta is for real. Um, I, I keep thinking of the first part of their season. Yeah, there's still a team that made the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um but I'm thinking that Tampa Bay, and we said this last week. No, you said this last week. week. I did not go with Tampa Bay last week. You went with uh, Tampa okay. Bay. I said this last yeah, week. Yeah. You know me. I've been week. off the Winston bandwagon for a while now. I like the Winston bandwagon when he's not turning the ball over. Yeah, but you but just can't just, count on it. Yeah, and he does so more often than not. I mean, you got to remember, Tampa, or pardon me, Atlanta's defense, their last two games – that they've won at Carolina and at New Orleans, so away. And New Orleans, it's traditionally very hard place to win. And they won those games mm-hmm. convincingly, 29-3 to Carolina and 26-9 uh, to at New Orleans. So I think yeah, the, like, the, the biggest difference is that their defense has started to show up and actually play defense. Oh, yeah, they, they look like been- the 85 Bears. We're not here to start no trouble. Yeah, they have been able, and those are two teams that if you could play that kind of defense against, I mean, playing against Atlanta, they're so, or pardon me, Tampa Bay, they're so turnover happy. Uh, I, I, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I think, I think, um, last two weeks' results with Atlanta has skewed this line a little too much for this game. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to take the Bucks on the road, and I'm going to put those four and a half points in my back pocket. One, two, three. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. All right, Bills Mafia, you are home to the Denver Broncos, and you're laying four points. And Buffalo's offense showed up in a big way last week. And sometimes I just don't know what which Josh Allen is going to show up. Actually, I don't know which Allen's going to show up because yeah. we've got two in this game, Brandon right. versus Josh. Um, there's a lot of quarterbacks named Allen nowadays, and Kyle, too, if you noticed. Um, these two teams kind of remember that children's story, The Little Engine That Could? I think I can. I think I can. 
and it's just it's persistence. And, you know, uh, I don't think anyone would be accused of calling either of these teams talented, but they play well as a group. Denver has been on the short side of so many close games. It's ridiculous. Uh, the 49ers did it last year at the beginning when they, I think they lost like four or five games in a row by four points or less or three points or less. And that's exactly what Denver's doing. I mean, for them to be up 20 to nothing in Minnesota last week and they still ended up losing the game, that's inexcusable. And I, I'm not sure what happened at halftime, but I can only imagine what Mike Zimmer said to the Vikings. Now you may be, but I'm not. Now I'm going to fucking guarantee you that if we don't play up there Monday night, you aren't going to believe the next four fucking days. Now I am not here to get my ass beat on Monday. Now you better fucking understand that right now. This is absolute fucking bullshit. Now I'll fucking run your ass right into the ground. I mean, I'll fucking run you. You'll think last night was a fucking picnic. I had to sit around for a fucking year with an 8 and 10 record in this fucking league. The last 99 times that that's happened during the regular season, um, the team that had a 20-point lead is one. So 1% chance of getting, well, a little less than that, doing the stats. But, yeah, that was that was bad. That was very bad. That's horrible. No, you know what that is? That's horror awful. That's horrible and awful mixed together. Horror awful. I think they're going to... I think they're going to feel bad about that. And I think they're going to have a strong performance against Buffalo. What you have here are two good teams that can, can run the ball. Buffalo, you know, they show flashes of brilliance in, sh- in throwing the ball. But Josh Allen, uh, guy's such a wild card when he gets back in the pocket. I think Denver can be opportunistic here. And I see Von Miller going right down Josh Allen's throat. Coming down your throat. Well, it's got a pretty uh, low over under 38, so they're not expecting a whole lot of scoring to be done here by either of the Allens. And it's kind of weird, too, because with Buffalo, when I think about writing them off for certain games, they come out and they do what they did last game where, yeah, I I, I thought they'd win, but I didn't think they were going to score that many points, right? You just never know what you're getting. But Allen has had a 110-plus passer rating in three of the last five games that he's played. So... uh, this is really tough. Buffalo's 6-3 against the spread as well. They've, they've been uh, performing well against the spread. They're home at Orchard Park. Uh, their defense is one of five teams to uh, hold the opposition to 250 pass yards in, in over eight games this year. Like Their defense is great, and I don't think uh, Brandon Allen is going to be able to face them as much as Josh Allen's going to be able to face I think I, I think I'd go for the under on this. What are you thinking about the under? Well, I, no, that's not a bad that's not a bad look. In fact, I believe this line on the total opened at thirty five and was bet up to thirty seven. I'm not sure who they think is going to be scoring in this game. Yeah, a whole lot. No, there's not a lot of interest in getting in the end zone for either of these two teams. But you know, and and, and saying as such, you know, four points makes that makes this a rather significant spread. So I'm, I'm going to take the underdog here and uh, I'm hoping for Denver to continue their ATS continuance of covering. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Denver, they're always keeping it close and Bills don't score that much. If they win, I think it's by a field goal. So yeah, I'm going to pick the Broncos. Oh, the Denver Broncos. 
I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, explain to me why it isn't. <sighs> you just don't understand football, Marge. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town Chicago, Chicago, I will show you around Out of the Windy City where my Bears are playing host to the New York Giants. Bears, six-point favorites. And with an offense like Chicago's, I just can't see how they're six-point favorites considering I don't even know what quarterback we're going to see under center. No. Mitchie T, Chase Daniel, you know, it, it is the Giants. And usually the old adage, any port in a storm, well, it's pretty stormy in the Windy City. And let's look at the Giants injury report. Tight end, Evan Ingram is listed as doubtful. Get this, Rhett Ellison, Sterling Shepard, Nate Soldier, and Janoris Jenkins are all in concussion protocol and listed as questionable for this game. The Giants, what, they've lost six in a row now, I think, right? Yeah, Saquon Barkley hasn't had a 100-yard rush game since week two. Well, two games ago, he rushed for one yard on 13 carries. Yeah, the the Giants can't get it done at all. And I know the Bears have their struggles, but I think even if Chase Daniels under center, what that Bears defense could do to the Giants' offense – uh, once again, it's expected to be a low-scoring affair with the over/under being forty and a half. I've got it as forty. Well, I think Chicago's defense is not going to be spending forty minutes uh, on the field this game. No, um, they're going. Uh, it'll be the Giants doing three and outs, especially with that injury list which I just cited. Uh, this line started at six and a half, and and then it dropped down to. Six pretty early in the week, so I'm going to guess that there's a bit of sharp money in the Giants. But that being said, I think this is one of those games that Chicago just writes the ship with, and I think they they've been so frustrated this year that they're going to they're going to give it their all here. So I'm going to take the Giant or the uh, the Bears against the Giants at home minus the six points. Yeah, because you've got Danny Dimes Jones from Duke. Certainly, Duke is Duke. They're on TV more than Leave It to Beaver reruns. Uh, he's got seven giveaways this year. That's second to Jameis Winston. You're second to Jameis Winston in giveaways, and you're playing the Bears defense. Uh, oh, I, he's keeping them with the bad companies again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the Bears. Uh, yeah, for sure. By touchdown. So tonight, I'd like to put all the doubts to rest. I would like to announce to my hometown of Chicago and all of America that I am ready. For the Bears to go all the way, baby. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati WKRP. You're on to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. Where uh, division rival Pittsburgh Steelers come to town. Cincinnati, six and a half point underdogs at home. And I know I like home dogs, but I don't like this home dog because I don't like Cincinnati. They are awful. Well, Matty, based on the results of their first 10 games, these 
guys couldn't cover a spread with cream cheese if they were called the Cincinnati Bagels. Now, it's pretty hard to go 0-16. This only happened twice. Thank you, Cleveland Browns. Thank you, Detroit Lions. Although they do have the Jets and Dolphins on deck, but Steelers, and we mentioned it before, shenanigans last week. But guess who they play next week, Matty? Who's that? The Cleveland Browns again. Well, isn't that special? And I believe you know what that means. It's an almost wise guy's sandwich game. And I can't underscore that enough. This isn't just a regular sandwich. This is like a double hoagie stacked with a Philly cheesesteak stacked with a Big Mac and a Whopper. Like this is the sandwiches of all sandwich games. And right now, according to the injury report, uh, they're going to be out without the services of Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, and of course, uh, center Marquise Pouncey has been suspended. Yeah. Ooh. I, yeah, because because uh, JJ Smith Schuster's in concussion protocol, so it, yeah, it's it totally is. unsure whether or not. And I think he's also dealing with a bit of a knee issue as well, because he yeah. he, uh, he both both he and Connor did not practice, and like you said, you, you're missing Pouncey, uh, Mason Rudolph. Uh, he's really fallen off, right? Weeks uh, four and five, he had a 77 percent completion rate, three touchdowns, no picks, 118.4 pass rating. But weeks 11 through or eight through 11, 59.5 percent completion, five touchdowns, six interceptions, and a 70.8 pass rating. He's really like teams have kind of figured him out. Now, can the Bengals figure somebody out? I don't know. I doesn't know. I can't even tell if they figured out how to play football yet. They are atrocious. Right now, they're averaging uh, 11.5 points per game under Ryan Finley. 11.5. I'm a Bears fan, and I think that's awful. Well, and I don't I don't mean to joke about it, because it's, it's not a joking matter, but really, is, is Mason Rudolph going to be all right after that hit to the grill? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not in concussion protocol, although I'm, I'm sure they checked him out. Uh, but you can't like I, I don't just emotionally as a team. I don't know how you respond to that. That'll be in Mike Tomlin's alley. Um, they could be angry, and I, but I think they're going to simply channel the anger for next week. And I think this is going to be a look ahead spot for them. And you know, the line started at seven, ticked down to six and a half. Oh my god, I want to I want to just bite my tongue for saying it, but I ain't going to take the Bungles at home with the points. Oh, this is so hard. Cincinnati is... They're so bad. They are. They're very, very bad. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. But Pittsburgh, this is a look-ahead spot. That six and a half points is tantalizing. I I like home dogs as well. And I mean, Joe Mixon's actually had the last couple weeks, he's rushed quite a... he's, He's had quite a decent time rushing well he's gonna have to be he's gonna have to be the key to the game because as you say ryan finley is not doing a whole heck of a lot you can uh no aj green to throw to not that he ever had but yeah um this is gonna be this is gonna be dealt in the trenches but you know maybe maybe because of pounds his absence he can count on one turnover or missed the uh, missed connection with the quarterbacks uh fumbled snap or something like that just to get them going Give them some inspiration. I, I just I, I don't really see them going 0 16, 
they are bad, but I'm going to take the points at home with a divisional game. Dude, I think you convinced me, man. I'm going to punch the wise guy ticket and take the home dog. Good, good, good for you. Hey, by the way, two more. Free yep. sub. Good boy. Free sub? Yeah. What? Punch a ticket, you know, like you get enough of them and you oh. know, get free sub. <laughs> <laughs> There's an old boy's wine down the Cuyahoga River Rolling into Cleveland to the lake All right, and speaking of the Cleveland Browns, we uh, find them at home uh, facing the Miami Dolphins. Cleveland, 10.5-point favorites at home. I know the, the Browns look pretty decent. Where are the Dolphins that bad? Uh, I'm not really sure, but let me ask you a question, Matty. Do you know the last time the Browns were double-digit favorites? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I, I honestly don't remember a time. Well, was, was I, Bernie I Kosar quarterback? <laughs> Actually, he was. Um, <laughs> you know, he was. It was 1996, and you you and I were both undergrads at Laurier, Tiffany Pines at Wolves. Yeah. Um, chasing up the wrong skirt, more likely than not. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, that's it's been that long. 1996 was the last time the Browns were double-digit favorites against anybody. Wow. And, I mean, now yeah. Cleveland's got no Miles Garrett, which does hurt them. He's a big. He's the best defensive player, player right? So he's, he's regardless of what best. happened, regardless of what happened last week, he is their best defensive player. So he's removed. And now, also, Miami has scored 16 or more points in five of their last six. Right, so they're yeah, actually and, and they've covered the spread, and they covered they, the spread except for that last game against Buffalo. They would covered it, uh, I think, five weeks prior to that. Yeah, they're five and five totally this year for, uh, against the spread, but the last like four or five weeks in a row they've covered. I don't think they're as bad as people think they are. No, and, the weather you know, shouldn't Cleveland, be too bad either. I look, I, yeah. I checked the weather. It's, it's like forty-eight and partially sunny, partially cloudy. Also, well, Miami, I believe, has the worst. Uh, Rushing defense allowing 167 yards per game on the ground against their opponents or allowing as. And so you got to expect that uh, Nick Chubb's going to have a pretty big day. Yeah, big um, day. But Nick Chubb's been banged up. And one thing I will say, though, about Baker Mayfield, as much as we crap on the guy, um, his post game interview on the sidelines before they even got off the field about what had happened really showed some leadership because yep. he basically called out exactly what happened. He was embarrassed by it. You know, he even went so far as to say it doesn't even feel like a win. Yeah. And I think that that's the type of thing that they were looking for him to do all along. And that's, you know, take responsibility, put the team on your shoulders. Um, you're the guy, you're our man. And, and he showed that. And I, I, you know, I think the team is going to rally around that. And I think they're going to win. I just don't see them covering ten and a half points. So let's end that conversation there. Well, yeah, I, well you I agree in with on every, your pick. I agree with everything you said about Baker Mayfield, and that we have trashed the guy in the past. But I mean, some of the antics. The one thing you can't take away from the guy is he he owns it, and he has since he got in the league. You never yep. see him uh, dodging questions. Like he'll he'll say it as it is. Sometimes it's embarrassing to him. He still goes out and does his job. Like I said, three straight games, hasn't thrown a pick, 
and he's three and one with a 132.2 passer rating in four career games versus opponents that entered the week in the bottom five of scoring defense. And Miami is uh, definitely, definitely in that category. Yeah, Miami's number 31 in the NFL, but 10 and a half points when Miami has been scoring and Cleveland's going to have to do it more on the ground. I think I, I sh- Ten and a half points seems like so much. I, I I'm going to go with the. You know, points. it's a fairly low total too at 44. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what Vegas expects the score to be, but you know, you know Miami can put up 17. There you go. Yeah, I agree. Dolphins. Fins. All right, Carolina at New Orleans. And, uh, well, New Orleans, nine and a half point favorites against Carolina. And, I mean, here's another Allen, Kyle Allen, and he has fallen right off a cliff his last four games. One and three, 15.5 points per game, three touchdowns, nine interceptions, and a 60.5 passer rating. Uh, Definitely not as good as his first four games. And now he's got Drew Brees. Well, I wouldn't say he fell off a cliff. (laughs) I would say he fell back down to earth. Yeah, that's, that's because he was playing sky high. He's now playing like a mortal. And this is one game that I am not going to touch with a 10 foot pole with my no. wallet no. because I don't know which Carolina team is going to show up. Is it, you know, when, when Allen was first on fire, I don't know if defensive coordinators have figured him out. And by the way, I'm not sure if anyone told you, Maddie, New Orleans has a pretty good defense. Yep. Yeah, they've been playing uh, very well. Carolina is the worst team in the league. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say the worst. They're very close to the bottom of the league in terms of yards allowed per game. And you got Alvin Kamara in the backfield for New Orleans. I don't think Drew Brees is going to have to do a lot. No, they've scored a minimum of 30 points in three of their last four games. And that fourth game, they scored 26. Like New Orleans now is scoring at will. And I, Carolina, the, what I see that the teams are doing differently with Carolina is run CMC still getting his yards, but he's not making as big of an impact because they're taking away a lot of those swing passes. Well, he had, yeah, he had, well, he had over 100 field. I think he had 100 and either 112, 114 yards uh, receiving last game. Yep. And he's actually the first player to get 1,000 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving in the first 10 games of any season. And you got guys like Roger Craig who were known for that sort of thing. Yeah, that Marshall Falk. Those numbers. Marshall Falk, absolutely. And you can really easily make Carolina one-dimensional by shutting that guy down, right? Yeah. And I, I, I may have to wait another week for that free sub because uh, I might cash in my wise guy card and at least a tick in it. And I'm going to take the home favorite here at, uh, at under 10 points. I like that it's under 10 points and I'm willing to take new Orleans by that at home. I don't think, I think Carolina's kind of, like you said, I think it's fallen back down to earth. They're playing above their heads and their defense is really letting them down. And then you got a new Orleans offense is firing on all cylinders saints to win at home by more than nine and a half. Yeah. And you know, not to bring myself into it or my 49ers, but they see how well, uh, the Niners are doing. Seattle's up there. Green Bay's up there. They want that home field advantage in the playoffs, and you know they can they can feel those guys, you know, 
breathing, breathing down their neck. We're going to have to make a statement here. And I, uh, I think Carolina's unfortunately going to be the, uh, not the beneficiary of it. On to New York, where we go to the Meadowlands, and well, actually, that is New Jersey. Uh, either way, the Jets are playing home to the Oakland Raiders. The Jets are three-point underdogs at home, but there's a little bit of juice on that line, eh? Yeah, two and a half somewhere, three. Um, I don't know. I think a little bit of professional money came in on Oakland uh, when it was a two and a half. They bounced it back to three. You know what? The Jets, you know, they won the last two games. And this might surprise you, but they're the only team in the league allowing fewer than 80 yards rushing per game on defense. That's, yeah. that's astounding for uh, what the record looks like. I mean, it, it speaks to how anemic their offense is. And with this Oakland team, what are you getting? Like, I, which you, Oakland team shows up? You're getting Derek Carr, who may be the third best car. But he's killing it this year, dude. He's had a 100-plus mm-hmm. pass rating in seven of ten games, uh, which is the most in their franchise's history. Uh, he's also a career-high 72.3 completion percentage, eight yards per uh, attempt, and 105.2 passer rating. He is killing it. Add that to Josh Jacobs. Jacobs, 90, yeah. 92 rush yards per game, most by a Raiders since Marcus Allen in 1985. Uh, Marcus Allen had 109 uh, rushing yards per game because Marcus Allen was a freaking stud. But Josh Jacobs is pretty damn good. I, yeah, I well, and the Jets uh, he he's is on pre- their injury report. He's on, in, on their injury report is uh, questionable. He'll be playing, trust me. But he's, he's a little playing. I the Jets D though. The Jets D allowed 17 points to Washington, who hadn't scored a touchdown in three games. And they allowed 17 points. To Washington, but That's they're also the same saying. Jets team that beat Dallas, right? Yeah, they are. But everybody beats Dallas when they're out of division. <laughs> um, now That's- I'm going. I'm taking the Oakland Raiders here away. The three points doesn't scare me. Um, you know, Sam Darnold. He said, "If we can win out, we're going to make the playoffs." Yeah, and since he said that, they've been doing nothing but winning. No ghosts here. No ghosts here. I'm I'm gonna take the New York J E T S Jets 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 at plus three at home in the Meadowlands. Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Sure, we'd be happy to take your money. Yep, just go to our Kickstarter page. Okay, nice idiot. Uh huh, fuck you. Bye bye. The professional football team from Washington plays host to the Detroit Lions. Uh, three and a half point underdogs, the Washington team is at home. And, 
Detroit's so tough because even under a backup quarterback, they got a decent offense, but man, their defense is horrible. Yeah, they're horrible. And in fact, one thing about this uh, offensive, or sorry, about their new quarterback is that he can run the ball and he's not scared to do so. So that's another weapon that um, they're not used to having. I mean, Stafford's good with his legs, but he just, you know, it's it's not like defensive coordinators scheme around the fact that he's going to be scrambling out of the pocket. Well, it won't, be Sta- it won't be Stafford this week, so. No, 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 it won't be. It will not be Stafford this week. But, you know, Detroit had that, you know, they, they were up 7 nothing in the first minute of that game against the Cowboys last week. They had every opportunity to cover the spread. They didn't. But, yeah, it was because of the defense. They let up 35 points. Yep. Now, I'm not going to call this a sandwich game of the week, but Detroit now, obviously, with Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday, they're going to have a short week. So maybe it's a grilled cheese sandwich, okay? A grilled cheese sandwich. And the Lions have three guys in concussion protocol as a result of last week's game against the Dallas Cowboys. And that includes the defensive end Trey Flowers and center Frank Ragnow. And if you don't think an injury to the center is noteworthy, a.k.a. Pouncey, he's the only guy that touches the ball in every single play. And Washington has absolutely nothing to lose except for the first-round draft pick. And guess what, Matty? Throw a little stat here. Throw a little trend stat, which I don't like, but this one's poignant. The last 14 times the Lions have played in the District of Columbia, they've lost 13 of them. And now you're giving me more than a field goal. It's a team, again, it's got nothing to lose. What are you going to do? Oh, God. I'm going to bite my tongue again, but I'm going to take the professional football team from Washington. It's so tough. Washington's gained fewer than 250 yards in four straight games. I mean, but the Lions, they've lost three straight in six of their last seven. That's a team that started 2-0-1 and then lost six of seven. But they are slightly better at covering the spread. I just picking Washington. It feels so feels wrong. wrong. It feels it feels so wrong. But I'm just trying to think. Can, imagine- can Dwayne Haskins do anything to that Detroit defense, which is so porous? <clears throat> well, I was hearing rumors this week about them drafting uh, uh, Joe Burrow on LSU, and because Haskins has been such a disaster, and when he starts hearing rumors like that, you know he's going to pick up his game a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, but he's got nobody. When I watch those games, man, like I can see little flashes of brilliance, and he's got that rookie. I can't remember his name, dude, that he throws the ball to. He, a lot of his deep passes is his, his buddy from Ohio State. But I, Washington is just so bad. and like there's Unless your last toxic. name is Bosa, there's nothing good that comes out of Ohio yeah, State. The Washington yeah. – <laughs> Washington, yeah, no, I can't do it. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. I know it hurt, didn't it? It hurt. That's gotta hurt! The city of brotherly love where the Philadelphia Eagles play host to the Seattle Seahawks in Philly. One point favorite at home, but uh, you've got to talk me out of taking Seattle here because I really like them in this spot. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I need much convincing. Um, now Seattle's fresh off a bye after playing the 49ers and winning <clears throat> in a fantastic uh, game. That was a that was a fantastic game to watch. Yeah, it was it was a good game for people that didn't have an interest in the uh, the winner or the loser. It was an entertaining game to be sure. Um, and you know we said it so many times. Russell Wilson is the cologne that takes the stink off that defense, but their defense is not playing that poorly. And uh, Javion Clowney is, I believe, he's in the lineup, although he is on the injury. Um, on the injury report. Yeah, he's, he did not practice, so, but they're saying he should go. It's his hip and his knee. Now, speaking of injuries, uh, your boy, Jordan Howard, and and uh, and also your other boy, Alshon Jeffrey, um, both experts, correct? Yep. They are not cleared yet to play, and that's going to be big for Philadelphia. You know, Seattle's defense is kind of... Uh, low in the totem pole statistically against tight ends. So this might leave a lot open for, for Goddard and for, uh, for Ertz. I, I'm not sure what Wentz, if, if he's just missing Frank Reich as a coordinator. I think that's part but, of it. I think that's a big part of it. Frank Reich can, can make any quarterback better. Now, Seattle doesn't need any coaching up at the quarterback position. Um, uh, Russ Wilson has a quarterback rating of 104, I believe it is. And when you uh, distill that down to simply the fourth quarter, it goes to 111. And we all know why. I mean, the guy, the guy is just phenomenal when it comes to the end of the game. He does this theatrics, and every time you think that uh, he's not going to come back down to earth, he, he hits another home run. With those particular injuries uh, to, to Howard and Jeffrey with Philadelphia, I know it's an early time slot. I just, yeah, Seattle plays pretty well in the road. I'm not too worried about that part of it. Um, but again, you know, they're looking up at San Francisco. Um, if they can keep even, they got the tiebreaker with them. I think Seattle wins out here. And it's going to be a close game, but I think Seattle pulls one out here in the end. Yeah, I would look at this game on the money line if they're going to make Seattle the underdog. This is a, a money line Maddie pick for sure. Russ Wilson, dude. 23 touchdowns, two interception. That ratio is the fourth best in a single season in NFL history. Like he is playing amazing quarterback. I I really can't see Philly stopping them. Definitely not winning by more than a point. So, well, I think also Chris Carson's going to have a pretty good day on the ground. Uh, yeah. You know, Philadelphia's kind of got a lot more healthy in the secondary than they have been all season long, but. Um, they could be vulnerable up the middle. And I like Chris, Chris Carson. I think the matchups there favor Seattle on the ground. And if you combine a good ground game with uh, um, a decent defense, which I think they're going to, I think the defense is going to play solidly. Um, you know, New England, you don't want to compare Seattle's defense to New England's defense and saw what happened last week where they only scored 10 points. But um, they're going to score more than 10. But I think Seattle's, I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game. The total is close at 49. I could see this one going north of that too. I just no Jordan Howard, no Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, Wentz's receivers in total have dropped twenty three passes. That's second most in the NFL this season. So he's not getting any help from his receivers, and if he doesn't have his best receiver there and his best running back there, that's not going to help him. And Russ Wilson just does it all. I I don't like to bet against him, especially if you're going to give me a point. I'm taking the Seahawks. 
Nobody did it dope as us We Tennessee Titans So ain't nobody coming close to us On to the Music City Where the Jacksonville Jaguars come to town Tennessee three-point favorites at home And I mean Nick Foles was really underwhelming in his uh, in his return from injury last week, wasn't he? Well, he, he was. You know, you gotta give the guy maybe a week to get the rust off. Um, I'm not sure which way to look at it. I I don't know if the guy's overrated. I don't think he is. But I'm not sure what the hell's happening with Jacksonville's defense. Allowing 33 points to the Colts last week. Uh, and that's that was a big story. Banged up Jacoby Brissett, right? Yeah, that's a big. That's a big part of the story is their defense. And so let's look at the Jacksonville wide receivers right now on the injury report. Deanie Westbrook, C.J. Clark, and Chris Conley are all listed as questionable, and that's just when the wide receiver position. So regardless of where it's Gardner Minshew, the second, or if it is indeed the Super Bowl winning M- Super Bowl MVP quarterback. I, I don't trust Jacksonville. Tennessee's kind of been playing. I think they've ironed out their game. They're, they know who they are now. And with uh, Tannehill now at the helm, uh, they've got a lot more upside on the offensive side of the ball. Their ceiling's much higher than it was with, uh, with Mariota. It's a low total of 41 and a half. But I think Tennessee's defense and the running game with Derrick Henry is strong enough to overcome whatever the hell Jacksonville is going to throw at them. You know, they're on the road again. Mm, I like the Titans as long as this stays on field goal or less. Yeah, in support of Tannehill, he's 3-1, 26.3 points per game, 362 total yards per game, uh, and a 107 pass rating. They're completing uh, what thirty eight percent of their third downs with them, which is compared to the like early twenty percentages that they were getting with Mariota. And converting on third down in the NFL is so key to winning games, keeping drives alive, keeping your defense off the field. And I, I don't, I, I think Jacksonville's defense is kind of showing their true colors. I'm taking the Titans at home with the yeah. three points. New England Patriots. New England. All right, our last Saturday afternoon game takes place in New England at Gillette Stadium, where the Dallas Cowboys come to town. New England, six and a half point favorites, but even Tom Brady would admit their offense isn't quite firing on all cylinders this year, is it? Hang on, did you say Dallas and New England? Yeah. Never never heard of them. Never heard of them. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, Brady's offense is not firing on all cylinders. Uh, it's their defense that's been carrying the team. And that's pretty typical for a New England team early in the season. It, it's it's normally around, you know, this week, Thanksgiving week, where they put things in a, in a different gear. And... I got a feeling that they're going to probably do that here. There is something wrong with Tom Brady. I mean, he is not throwing accurately. And, like, there's a lot of balls just going into the ground. I'm not sure I'm not sure why that is. I don't know if there's anything physically wrong with him that they're not disclosing. But you've got America's team versus the Super Bowl champs. This is, I'm looking forward to this one. 
Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Very hard uh, to bet again. on with that six and a half point spread, though. That's a tough spread to bet. I mean, Dallas's uh, defense looked pretty weak with Detroit last week. 27 points against the week before, allowed 28 to Minnesota. Uh, and that was at home on Monday night. Now they're going to New England, and, and Jason Garrett's got that dog collar that shocks him every time he leaves Texas That shocks Stadium. him every time. And I, I think it double shocks him once he goes to near Boston area. Yeah. Uh, this is so tough. You know six what? Six and a half, you said, you said, what's that? No, go ahead. The six and a half point what? Well, you were saying six and a half might scare you a little bit. It does seem pretty big for a team like Dallas. New England's won 20. Their last 21 games at home by an average margin of victory for, wait for it, 16 points. And yeah, that dog collar is going to come into play. And I think New England's defense is going to absolutely shut down the Cowboys. I mean, Dak Prescott has been, like, I think the last three games he's thrown for over 400 yards. And last year, he could barely hit the 200-yard mark. Yeah, he's, he's so getting 322 he, pass yards a game this year. Well, this year, but if you just simply look at the last few games, uh, the, oh, guy, yeah. the guy's on fire. And Zeke's playing really well. Um, their defense is not. It's a little more lackluster than it was. Vander Desch is not playing nearly as well as he did last year. Um, you know, they've been bitten by the injury bug, too, on defense. But, um, yeah, I don't. Hmm, no, no, no. I think this is New England's time to shine, and they put Dallas in their place, and I think they can cover the six and a half points. Oh, this is going to be so hard for me to say. Oh, don't because say I that. hate betting against New England at home, and I do it, and I get bit. But you know well, what? Then Forget don't. about then it. Don't. Forget about it. I. Oh. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah, I don't know, man. This this game, I'm not going to touch this game with my money. I I don't really feel comfortable with it, but yeah, let's go New England. I think that six oh, and a half are, is tough. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got to. It's hey, just Dallas it, plays so hey, horribly Maddie. out of Dallas plays so horribly out of conference and outside of Dallas. I just I can't trust Jason Garrett, and that it, you're right. This is when New England just turns it into another gear. They lose a game and they get mad and then they start destroying their competition. So yeah, I'll take the Pats at home by, by six and a half. I mean, what's the best thing you can say about Jason Garrett? He loves to clap. I mean, he loves to clap. He'll clap for everything all the time. Missed field goal, clap. Pick six, clap. Missed extra point, clap. He's got the clap. The guy is a clapper. All right, big time Sunday night football game. And, you know, I think the schedulers got this one right because it should be great. San Francisco 49ers at home against the Green Bay Packers. Niners three-point favorites at home. Uh, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers is always dangerous in prime time. And trust me, I'm a Bears mm. fan. I know this. 
Actually, he, he's he, he no, he's, he's actually he's, the record at night has been horrific for the last decade. But tip of the hat to the lead to flex out Seattle, Philly in favor of Green Bay, San Francisco, because we might see these two teams playing in the playoffs against each other. So this might be the first of a two-game series in this one. Um, going to throw out a little stat for you there, mate. That might surprise you. Give her. So in the last 14 games as an underdog, the Green Bay Packers have won. I mean, straight up won outright twice out of 14. Huh. Now, there was 11 losses and, and one tie, uh, which you might remember from last year. But they don't do well as an underdog, which means they don't do well against good teams. Now, they are fourth in the league in rushing the ball, which really shouldn't surprise anyone that's watching the Green Bay games this year. But the 49ers defense is third against the rush. Yeah. So, again, that shouldn't surprise anyone that's been following the league. Uh, I just got, as I say, uh, before we went live, I just got an uh, announcement that George Kittle will be active. Or Sorry, that, sorry, George Kittle practiced today, and it's likely that he will be active in the game. And that's huge. He's the big office, biggest offensive weapon. Not sure what Burita's status is. Um, but 49ers still have a pretty deep backfield. And this is their this is their biggest game. Like Garoppolo is sixteen and three as a starter, but he's not faced off against guys like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. I mean, consider the division that they're in. It's not his fault, but this is the biggest test. And he put a four hundred and twenty four yards passing last week in a game in which. Really, they could have easily lost. He threw four touchdown passes as well. And that's the first time that's happened since a guy named Steve Young was under center. Ooh, I'm not only am I going for the 49ers here, but I know there's a lot of wise guy money following it. And I'm almost a wise guy, Matty. I'm not sure if you heard. I'm I've almost heard. a wise guy. I've heard. Almost. So I've been betting against my 49ers against the spread. All year long, and more times than not, I was correct, including last game, which uh, I guess inevitably ended in a push. But um, I, I'm looking for San Fran to make a big statement here at night. And uh, yeah, I'm taking my own Niners. Yeah, a couple stats here shielded for me. The Niners average 225.8 rushing yards per game versus teams currently ranked in the bottom 10 in rush defense, and Green Bay's 25th in rush defense. And they're also the only team in the NFL that have a top five scoring offense and top five scoring defense. The Niners at home in prime time here, I think they're going to shine. I, I mean, th I think this game's, it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be actually kind of high scoring. But I'm Oh, I think so too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, but no I'm question. taking the Niners in the end. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. <laughs> Monday night football and the L.A. Rams play host to the Baltimore Ravens. L.A. three-point underdogs at home, and I think they should be more considering the Ravens are just destroying 
the NFL. They've won uh, four straight games by 14 points or more. And uh, they lead the NFL in 203 rushing yards per game. They're the first team to average 200-plus yards per game rushing since Walter Payton's 1977 Bears. Wow. Well, you've got um, the LA Rams, who represented the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. And you have the Baltimore Ravens, whom I believe will be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. A little prognostication for you. Uh, lot, a lot of public money coming into Baltimore here. Um, and that has to do with the way they've played in the last few games, and which is unconscionable the way that they've done um, the rushing game. You've got Mark Ingram in the backfield that simply buttresses, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. That it's it, He's on pace to absolutely destroy Michael Vick's records. Oh, yeah. In terms of rushing quarterbacks. But who's the Rams defensive coordinator? Wade Phillips, who coached in what division? The NFC East that had guys like Randall Cunningham. So he's no stranger to scheming up uh, mobile quarterbacks. And Baltimore's defense started off the year pretty mediocrity. They were middle of the pack. Um, I believe that John Harbaugh is, you know, one of the three best coaches in the league. And you got you got a guy like Earl Thomas in the secondary, um, not only in his on-field play, but his locker room presence means a lot. And I think that's why that defense has done nothing but get better, um, even with the loss of Terrell Suggs. I think the Rams right now are so pissed off in listening to the Super Bowl hangover. These guys aren't what they thought we were. Todd Gurley's nothing. Jared Goff doesn't earn his contract. They're pissed. They're pissed. And I think that McVay is going to find a scheme that will match Baltimore pound for pound. And I'm loving this at prime time. I'm loving this at home. And I'm loving the three points that Vegas has given the Rams. And I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams in this one. You're taking the Rams. Did I stutter? That's shocking. That is shocking. There's, I'm not shocking. taking. There's no like. I honestly think that Jared Goff is just Mitch Trubisky in Rams clothing. It's, he's one Ooh, of two ouch, qualified ouch. QBs with four plus giveaways than past TDs. That is that's hideous. Kyle Allen's the only other one, and he's been having it rough lately too. I just. They paid him all that money. It's not working out. Todd Gurley's not rushing for the yards he used to rush for as well. Well, Todd Gurley, I'm not sure what's wrong with him. There's something wrong with him. Though, definitely. There, there has and to be. Like, um, I don't think there's a switch that you're just going to turn out. Okay, Todd Gurley's going to be Todd Gurley again. Now, I will but say the Rams, D, the Rams D has yeah. the highest QB pressure rate of all NFL teams at 33.3% of dropbacks. One in every three dropbacks. Uh, they pressure the quarterback. The problem is with Lamar Jackson, if you're just straight pressure, he's going to break contain and go out. So, you know, from the ends, they got to they gotta do more contain than they do trying to get straight at the quarterback. So it's not going to be as much of a – you, you want to try to get the straight blitzes up the middle with Lamar Jackson. You can't come from, from that outside. I, no, I'm taking the Ravens. Please hang up and try again. 
All right, and this is a little segment we like to call Andy's Total Tease, where Andy gives you a total that he loves and a teaser that he loves. And uh, if you want to do the same thing along with him, head to our Facebook fan page at uh, facebook.com slash almostwiseguys. And uh, you can go head-to-head with Andy. Remember, just put your money where your mouth is. All right, Andy, what's your uh, total tease for this week? Well, uh, we are going to Foxborough Stadium for the first game in the total. Dallas at New England. Total set at 45 and a half. And these are unquestionably the two biggest public teams to wager on. And therefore, this line is going to be artificially high. And I would say to the tune of about two to three points. But sitting at 45 and a half, right now Dallas is allowing 19.7 points per game. And the Pats, a ridiculously low 10.8 points per game with no red zone touchdowns allowed at home this year. I'm taking the under of 45 and a half with Dallas and New England. Now, I'm going to do something a little unorthodox with the teaser on both sides, in fact. Um, I'm going to take Manny Chicago Bears at minus six, and I'm going to dial them right down to zero. So all they need to do is win outright against the Giants. Now, a lot of people say that zero isn't a, a, a key number, and it isn't. But you are still going through a key number of two and a sub-key number of four, and it's off of a sub-key number of six. And New England, I'm using the same mentality, and I'm going from six and a half down to a point five, meaning that they only have to win against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, normally, we like to go up through numbers, but this week, I'm taking them down. Bears, New England, only to win. Let's go. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to week 12 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week 12 games across the NFL. Make sure you stay tuned next week because we're going to have two episodes throughout the week. It is Thanksgiving, so we're going to be putting out a, an episode on Wednesday ahead of the Thursday Thanksgiving games, and then also you'll get your regular week weekend picks and that episode will be up on the friday afternoon from the Costa Nostra studios for andy the prognosticator atridge back at almost wise guys central i'm maddie puller get out and pick yourself a winner if you liked our podcast please share it with a friend if you hated it please share it with two enemies tune in next week on a special bet time on the same bet channel sayonara good night everyone i love you guys how many times did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times did you follow him home? How many times should I take it on the chain and take another spin, baby? How many times? How many times? Out here it's colder and the sky is bigger and the trees are older and the air is clean I'm a newborn soldier With my finger on the trigger And a chip on my shoulder I'm the American dream How many times Did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times Did you follow him home? How many times should I take it on the chain and take another spin, baby? How many times? How many times? You're a 
And you saw me down the river And you taste so bitter Oh, you're a perilous queen How many times Did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times Did you follow him home? How many times Should I take it on the chain and take another spare, baby? How many times? How many times? Yeah. 